Hello friends and welcome back to Hollywood Hero. I'm your host, Layla Palmer, and I'm back. I took a break last week for good reason, I promise. I got one of my wisdom teeth taken out. That's right, just one. Only one of them was infected and it was causing me a ton of pain, so I got it removed. The rest will probably be removed at... Actually, I have no idea when the rest of them will be removed. Um, But other than just getting a single wisdom tooth removed, that entire experience was strange. Um, And I'll get into it. So, for starters, my whole dentist situation is pretty strange. Um, But I'll just say that my mom was present for my appointment because she works at the same office. So when I got there, I saw her. Um, You know, we saw each other. It was just small talk. Um, We caught up, whatever. So, eventually, I get into the operating room, and the doctor is peeking around my mouth, trying to see if anything has changed since the last time he saw me, which was only a few days before, because, uh, like I said before, I was in a lot of pain. Um, And at that point, they decided that they were going to extract the tooth. So, they lug all of this stuff inside the room. They lug, like, the thing that monitors your vitals and oxygen stuff, whatever, and... Then they put this thing on my nose that I assume is the stuff that makes you loopy, yeah. Um, And then I started going loopy after, like, I don't know, like, five minutes. And then uh, the doctor started uh, giving me, like, the Novocaine needle on the right side of my face. Uh, So then the entire right side of my face was numb. So that was great. Um, and then I, fa- I FaceTime my friends, so I feel like I'm kind of going out of order here, but this, so that was all context. So then this is the funny part, this is the cool part. So then I FaceTime my friends, and I was like loopy by this point, my face was numb, like, the whole night. So I FaceTime my friends, and I was like, hey guys, like, blah, blah, whatever, and it was funny, we FaceTimed for like three minutes, and then during that FaceTime call, someone in the room said... You should record the extraction. And then someone else says, you should live stream it on Instagram. So I did. And for a split second, I was like, that's kind of weird, kind of scary. But then I also like wasn't thinking that because I was like, hi. So I was like, not really thinking about like why I shouldn't or why I should it was just like a cool idea and everyone in the room was on board with it like doctor's assistant my mom like everyone's on was on board with the idea so we did it I live streamed it my phone was dying I don't know how it didn't die during the extraction because literally it was on 17% it went from 17 to 10% in two minutes and then I guess it was on one percent by the time we were done the whole thing was like nine minutes less than nine minutes Um, like, the actual, like, by the time we started the live stream, it was nine minutes. So, if you want to see that, um, go to my Instagram at lay.p, that's L-A-Y-Y dot P, on Instagram, you can watch my live stream, it's IGTV. Um, and while you're on Instagram, head over to the podcast Instagram account at Hollywood Hero Pod for more updates on the podcast. I don't know how many people have live-streamed their wisdom tooth extraction. I also don't know how many people have only gotten a single wisdom tooth out at once. Because I've never heard of that ever happening. So, yeah. 
also this week, I got some really, really good news, like the happiest news I've ever gotten in such a long time. I got into my first choice college. So I'm locked and loaded. It's the best feeling ever. Words seriously cannot describe how happy I was when I found out. Um, I filmed my reaction. Uh, I think I might insert an audio clip uh, for my reaction video. So that will be here. So yeah, uh, that was during my French class, and before that happened, I was FaceTiming my friend Izzy, and so everyone knew I was going to be opening something, uh, something related to my college decision for that school. So besides that, this is probably the happiest I've been in a really, really long time, so if you're also going through this college app process or trying to decide between schools, good luck to you, and I hope everything works out for the best. So, on to today's episode. Today I'm interviewing someone who I don't know too, too well, but I did have the pleasure of spending a bit of time with her over the summer. Um, other than that, I've heard a lot of good things about her through the grapevine. So, Sylvia Blair is a senior at the Gallatin School of Individualized Study at New York University. She studies with concentrations in performance studies, disability studies, and child development. Though she grew up in a town just outside of Philadelphia, Sylvia now lives in the city that never sleeps, more specifically in Manhattan. Since her early childhood, Sylvia has experimented with singing, songwriting, and playing different instruments, and now she writes and produces her own music. Keep listening to hear how this hard-working musician has grown since the release of her first album. Okay, so I'm here with Sylvia Blair. Welcome, Sylvia. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, so today we're just going to be talking about your music career, how you got started, the transition from uh, from doing music uh, from high school to college, and uh, of course your album, Two Winters, Two Summers. Super excited to talk about that. Um, so let's just begin with your start in music. How did you get started with music? Uh, did you take lessons when you were younger? Uh, were there other musicians in your family? Uh, things like that. Yeah, so I come from a very musical household. My um, my dad works at Curtis Institute in Philadelphia, so I was sort of growing up around music and around musicians. Um, and I started playing piano around five years old. And okay. yeah, so I think that I've I've been I've grown up playing piano, and from very early on, I started like experimenting with composition. So it was never something that was sort of like. Um, pushed on me or no one told me like okay now we're gonna start writing music here but just like when I started playing piano I like automatically started figuring out what I could do myself that I liked and like coming up with little melodies so I've pretty much been writing music from when I started playing piano um 
And then I think I started thinking about it more seriously and like creating full pieces or full songs from like the feedback I had gotten when I was younger. So people would like, you know, give me good, uh, I would have good responses to like the smaller songs that I would do. And then I started writing more full out pieces and wanting to perform them in elementary school and stuff. Yeah. So you've been writing music pretty much since you were like super young. Yeah, very, very young. I don't know. I don't know if I would call. I don't know if I would bring back those um, like six-year-old songs and call them uh, writing music. Yeah, writing music. <laughs> I've been experimenting. experimenting since that young. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, so I know you went to high school just outside of Philly, um, and now you're in your last year of college in New York City, which I. I'm sure is super fun. Um, how did that transition from high school to college, even more so from Pennsylvania to New York City, impact your music? Yeah, well, I think I always, I always wanted to be in New York City, and I really wanted to be like in the music scene there, at least being able to um, like play my music in in the clubs and bars and such um, in New York. And when I was in high school, I had played smaller gigs at coffee shops, like. Um, in Philly and also in the suburbs of Philly where I grew up so I was already sort of used to playing gigs and I was prepared to at least try and transition that that sort of mode of performing to New York although it didn't exactly sort of take off the way I wanted to not in terms of like popularity or um, like really launching a career but I think I needed at least a year in college to sort of like get my bearings and like figure out school first so I didn't course, yeah. do much I didn't do much in terms of like reaching out to venues like I was doing in high school um I was still playing so like I lived in dorms my first two years and they had pianos in the dorms so oh, I okay. would I would still like play um and like write a little bit but it was definitely different from high school where I always had a piano at my disposal and just different tools I felt more comfortable using more often so it was a lot more planning going to college like when I would um sort of make that creative time for myself and it wasn't until my junior year of college um until I really started thinking about okay I really want to play I really want to start actually playing at venues again and really start um like re-recording things and and yeah yeah well going back to playing venues in Philly what places did you play at did you play at like I, I mean I don't really know what yes. venues oh, yeah there, there there was this great cafe called Melodies which was Milk Boy in Ardmore um, oh okay well there was a Milk Boy in Ardmore there was a Milk Boy in I didn't Ardmore. really know that okay fabulous there was actually a recording studio in the basement there too which oh, okay cool my, like 10th birthday like I got to go down there or something I really miss Milk Boy it was really great yeah, there was a Milk Boy. Um, one of my old friends from middle school, her dad owns Milk Boy. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, and there was a Milk Boy like right around the corner from our school. So that's why I was like, "Wow, that that's so cool." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super sad that it that it closed, at least in that location. Um, and yeah. then there was a very similar place. Like it did the same thing. Melody's Cafe was. I think they also might have had a small studio in the basement, um, and they had. It was, a, it was a coffee shop, and they just had, like, a little stage, and um, on Friday and Saturday nights, they had, like, local artists play. That's cool. Um, so it was really great, and then that ended up shutting down as well. Um, I think it shut down, like, the year I left for college, so it wasn't like oh, okay. 
um, wasn't because of COVID. It was like other reasons. Yeah. Um, and then I also, so like I had this small band when I was in middle school um, that I, I met the other girls through this summer program called Girls Rock Philly. Um, where it was just like a, it was band camp, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like that, like if you, you, you chose what instrument or what part you wanted to play and then like they set you up with other girls who played other things and they like, you formed little bands and like we ended up really liking each other and sticking with it. Um, our name was Jurassic Shark, but anyway, Love that. <laughs> we actually kept playing and like. I, I was the youngest. I was in seventh grade at the time, but all the other girls were in high school, so they were juniors and seniors in high school. Oh, wow. So okay. would, like, find bars, and in Philly, I do not remember the names of them now, um, but, like, small gigs, small, like, events, things going on in, like, the grunge Philly music scene, and so, like, I ended up keeping in contact, I think, with, like, a few of those places when I started doing my own music apart from Jurassic Shark again. Yeah. Um, so I don't exactly remember. It was just really funny, though, being a seventh grader and, like, them having to give me special access to, like, go and Yeah, I was going to say that. Like, they let under-21 people play at bars. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Wow. Well, like, everyone else, like, looked a lot older, too, in the band. But they, they knew for sure that I was not 21. But it was yeah. like, okay, she's part of the group. She can she can perform and like have a soda (laughs) that's cool wow um so what are some things that you've been involved in at NYU that have um helped you along your journey as a musician as a musician well I think some of the most like eye-opening things for me in terms of just career path um and like what songwriting means to me in the place of it in my life was meeting people that were doing it as a major because I am not majoring in music business or music industry related fields I'm doing something completely different but it's still a big part of my life and I think meeting the people who are in like Clive Davis and Tish and um, these other majors that are like really focusing on like what it means to be in the music industry showed me that like I was happy that I didn't choose that. Um, wow, that actually surprises me. <laughs> yeah, well, at some points, like I always have that like feeling of like, did I make the wrong choice or like what would it be? not the wrong choice, but what would it be like if I fully was doing this like all of the time? If all of my energy was going towards a brand, all all of my energy was going towards like being creative in this way and like networking and finding producers yeah this is a mind space that I like that makes me really anxious and I feel like takes away like the part of it that I like and I know that all of those different elements are like necessary um to promote music and to do this as a career but it's not where I wanted to be centering my like my brain space around Makes sense. all of the time so I think I was really grateful at least getting to meet people within those majors and having them as my friends and like still getting a little bit into that world and feeling I'm still a part of it while not being completely immersed in it um and yeah I mean I'm also just really grateful in terms of like um having access to things at NYU like music rooms and practice spaces um and like having 
like recording equipment of my own to bring into those spaces was also really great because I think if I didn't have those extra like motivators I probably would only be working on my music when I was like back home outside of Philly um so like that helped me continue to like feel like I was a musician and songwriter even when I was at school that's nice well speaking of your own equipment your own everything I want to talk about the album because I know uh from your sister that you record and produce all of your own stuff yeah. Um, which is very impressive to me. Before we get into that, I want to talk about the title of the album, Two Winters, Two Summers. Um, it's repeatedly mentioned um, on the fourth track, uh, titled Intent. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that there's a deeper meaning to that. Is there some significance <laughs> yes. to that? Okay. Uh, can you explain that? Sure. Yeah, there definitely is a deeper meaning to that. Um, so... All of the songs from this album, they're, they're written in very different like time periods of my life. Some of them are more recent. Some of them were even, like, I wrote like in the middle of high school. Oh, um, wow. Okay. So, and I, that was like with my first album too. I just sort of, I threw together like a group of songs that weren't necessarily, they were not written in the same time period, but felt like they really like resonated together. And it was sort of the same thing with this album. And I felt like titling it Two Winters, Two Summers, um, just like in, totally like, in two years. It, I didn't write all the songs within these two years and definitely not in that order, but I did a lot of growing within the time period of when I had written some of the earlier songs and when I had written some of the newer songs, which was around two years. And so I wanted to sort of make a note to, to that growing during that time. Um, in terms of my music, but also within the song intent, um, where the lyrics come from for the name of the album. Um, that was referring to the, a relationship that I had with someone in my life that meeting, it's sort of about like when you're, when you're meeting someone again, after a period of time, that change that, ha- the change that happens after that reunion and sort of seeing how people can change, but how people really don't change at the same time um Mm, so it had been two winters and two summers and I think of things a lot in terms of seasons and I think when we come back around to different seasons we like feel that like either triggering or like or warm feelings too of like something you might have felt in that last season and I had been through a lot of different seasons metaphorically and literally with this person and it was really interesting being in the same season but a new year a new time and like how things can change so I thought it sort of like was a good parallel of the literalness of the lyric the actual literal two winters and two summers um of this reunion and then also um next to all of the time that it took for me to write all of these all of the different songs in different seasons that I had written them in wow that's so insightful I was not expecting that but I'm very glad that that's what it is (laughs) um wow um so another question about the album of course uh what were your feelings when you finally released the album because even more so because all of the uh, songs kind of came from different time periods did it feel like so relieving to have you know that collection finally released yeah it was definitely a really great feeling to have 
completed something and to have something else out there on the internet for people to to find and to listen to. I didn't even realize when I released it that the last time I had um, put out a full-length album was in 2016. So it's been like a full cycle of me being a senior in high school to me being a senior in college. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really realize it was that long. Um, and I did need that time. I wasn't sort of regretting that I didn't release anything sooner. Um, but it felt really good to have put in the work and like and to know that I had been working really hard on putting this together and I completed it and finished recording it all like during quarantine um at the beginning of this year so I think that was a good time to sort of rethink everything and yeah. to like sit down and and get it all done um and it didn't feel rushed either I felt like it was the right amount of time to do it so I was proud and also relieved I think it was out there yeah, I think everyone during that time was definitely rethinking a lot of things. And I definitely think that whoever listened to it, I'm sure it was a lot of people, um, Was de- this was definitely a breath of fresh air. Because when I listened to it, I was like, the, I mean, the songs are definitely, they're all so positive. Really? And I mean, <laughs> I, well, the sound of them is, for most of them. Yeah. The sound of them is positive. Um, and it was just a breath of fresh air, especially because your voice is so beautiful, even if the lyrics aren't, like, super happy and, like, you know what I mean? It Mm -hmm. sounds like, wow, like, I feel happy listening to this. So it was definitely, yeah, so it was definitely a breath of fresh air to hear, um, that. That's really good to hear. I'm glad that, yeah, I don't, I definitely, I kind of think my at least lyrics like the in the opposite way I feel like I don't want to bring people down by how sad things are sometimes but I do hear what you're saying yeah that like the contrast of like the quality of of my voice and the way the music sounds even yeah they like perfectly offset each other yeah yeah um kind of back to your songwriting what is your songwriting process wow so that's I feel like that's kind of a loaded question but (laughs) Yeah, it can be really different depending on the purpose of why I'm writing a song. Um, So sometimes, like, if I'm going through a really intense experience and I know I want to put it into song in some way, usually the lyrics will come first for me because I'll just have something, I'll have this idea and I'll have, like, a rhyming scheme or a rhythm that 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 just pops out in my head and I have to, like, get that on paper first or on the computer. And then usually I would take that and then start playing around with different kinds of melodies and rhythms, like on the piano or occasionally guitar, if like that's what I feel like doing (laughs) for that song. But usually what's important to me in the songwriting process is that it feels like new and it feels like it, it represents whatever I'm trying to write about. So I don't usually go back to the same same melodies or the same patterns because I want it I want each song to feel like a new thing um but so that's like one example of like what could happen but also um if I'm writing if someone asks me so like sometimes a friend will want me to write a song for them for an for an occasion or if they're feeling something and want me to to write a little thing for them or if I'm doing something for school if like an advisor asks to like 
I was asked once to write a song for like the freshman orientation <laughs> um, and like about a book that they were reading. Hmm. So for that, what I would probably do first and what I have done is start with the music to make sure that it has the feel, like the tone yeah. that I wanted to go for and then adding on words after. So I have to have like the feeling of the music first before I can put on words that are someone else's idea first so yeah that makes sense yeah um okay this is definitely something I was wondering um and it could be random but I'm not completely sure the two songs surprised me and better off they were released as singles is that (laughs) just because they were finished first or because you just wanted I mean I don't know no well I so I had a list of like what songs I was going to record and in what order. So I did want to release those as singles first. And I, I knew that those in my head, like those songs like could have been more popular for people or people would have taken on to them more. And I thought they also contrasted with each other. So like, it wouldn't be like two of the same kind of single. And at the time I thought I was going to release the full album a little earlier, but then COVID and everything. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I released them both within like two months or around that time. So I wanted to sort of build up a little bit of hype in my small following, (laughs) but I just wanted to at least set up the release of a full album. So I, I thought that that would have been with my like minimal knowledge of like how to build music hype, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I purposefully did release them as singles, um, yeah okay (laughs) um so when you are writing um songs for an album or just songs in general uh do you have a group of people a specific group of people or friends who you approach to review your songs or your lyrics or do you just randomly pick people that you see or no not just random people that you see just random people when you're like oh can you look over these lyrics Yeah, so um, usually not for the lyrics. I don't really ask anyone's opinion ever on lyrics, like even when um, the album was finished and I wanted, and I I definitely did show like my roommates and like my dad and sister, like some of the songs. Um, But I'm like the least self-conscious, I think, about the lyrics and it's like also the most private to me. And I feel the most confident about it, too. So all of those okay. things together, I sort of, like, keep that for myself. And I'm like, no, like, this is only going to change if I want it to change. Um, as for the music, though, I don't know why, but that's, like, the element of it that I feel the most, like, I guess not self-conscious, but I'm the most, like, aware of, like, or, like, what I'm thinking people might perceive of it. So I may, um, usually not in the songwriting process, I usually won't show anyone song until I feel like really good about it and and if I like it sometimes I write things and I'm like this is good but I don't need to show anyone ever (laughs) um so if I'm like I really like this I might want to like do something with this I would show it to those same people like my roommates and my sister probably just that (laughs) I don't know if anyone else cares enough at that stage (laughs) that makes sense view um but it's hard because people don't really know how to like give feedback for stuff and I'm also not really looking for feedback either it's more just like 
I want people to be excited about it. And if I like something I that I did, it's like I'm proud of it, and I want people to sort of like share in that. Yeah, I feel like music is also one of those things where it's kind of difficult to give feedback on Mm -hmm. instead of just saying, oh, that sounds really good. And it's just like, oh, well, thanks. But like, is there anything that you think would sound better? You know what I mean? Like, and also like they're not it's not like they would know what even if they did think something could be changed. Like, it's not like they would have the vocabulary to like tell me exactly was. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Friend and sister. <laughs> Friends and sister. Yeah. Always do it. Um, so what, uh, final thoughts on the album. I mean, how do you think people thought about it? I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm just really happy with it, and I'm happy that it's out there. Um, and I think – you know, I don't know what people really thought of it. It's not like I have, like, reviews to, to look through. Um, but I, I'm i proud that I also that I, that I got the amount of, like, listens that I did. I mean, I only stream on, on Bandcamp. Um, but I felt like I had, like, I definitely had a surge of listeners, like, from when I released it. Um, and I'm proud of, like, the donations that I made from releasing the album because um, I, I was sending half of the proceeds um, in like the first month of the release I was sending them to different organizations that were um, helping like minority communities in Philadelphia with small businesses so I was like really I was proud of like people rallying and like listening and supporting me while also supporting um, other communities and so it felt like I don't know a wholesome thing I was glad that I released it at the time that I did um and now I'm just happy because I can now use this to send to other venues and places like once things are safe for me to perform again in New York City um I have like a whole new like bucket of material to show yeah. people um that this is what I do so that's that was really the purpose of releasing this too is was not to be like look what I did and like let's let's get me to this many streams because it's not even like how Bandcamp works, um, but it was really just to have more in the portfolio, more to show um, because I have so much material, I have so many songs that are not recorded, so to have at least this this out there on the internet um, makes me feel look, feel good about that and it's very purposeful that I'm waiting. To release on Spotify um, because I want to I want to have more of a like artist community first online and I really think that this album is helping me get there and I think I'll know when the right time is to record and release something on Spotify I didn't want to jump the gun with anything yeah well that makes sense um, and that kind of goes to my final question um, what are your plans for the future I mean you said you had some unrecorded songs and you are planning at some point to release on Spotify I mean what does that look like yeah so I think for the time being I'm just going to keep promoting um two winters two summers um and continue to be in touch with these various um like bars that I that I've been in touch with it was really unfortunate because I had a whole like New York City like not 
four, but whatever. Like, I had, like, four gigs lined up for the summer, like, to promote the album, like, after it was released. And, you know, obviously none of that happened. So my plan is to just keep those contacts and to to promote this when I can in person, potentially do some more live stream shows of other things. Um, And so that's that's my plan like in regard to in this album right now um and and yeah i mean i i'm definitely going to keep recording my my other songs um it's just i'm not sure what that's going to look like yet um i just want to see what the world does first and then yeah i'll get back to my next album plan <laughs> yeah taking it one step at a time yeah Exactly. One step at a time. Well, thank you so, so much for talking with me today, for taking the time. Um, I'm so glad I finally uh, know so much more about you now, uh, yeah. and I have this detailed look into the process of what you did to create your album, especially since you do all of it on your own, the producing, the writing, the promoting it, everything, um, yeah. all while being a college student. It's amazing. So thank you so much. If you want to see more of what Sylvia is up to and stay updated with her music, follow her on Instagram at Music, and follow her on Bandcamp by searching her name, uh, Sylvia Blair, on Bandcamp. And definitely listen to her album, Two Winters, Two Summers. It's amazing. Please listen to it. Um, and on that note, we've reached the end of the episode. Thank you all so, so much for listening. And again, thank you to Sylvia Blair uh, for joining me today. Uh, for more updates on the podcast, follow me on Instagram at Hollywood Hero Pod. Uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and I'll see you all next week. Bye.